The Boy Who Broke the Bank by Ruskin Bond Nathu, the sweeper boy, grumbled to himself as he swept the steps of a small local bank owned by Seth Govindram, a man of wealth whose haphazard business dealings had often brought him to the verge of ruin. Nathu used the small broom hurriedly and carelessly. The dust, after rising in a cloud above his head, settled down again on the steps. As he banged his pan loudly against a dustbin, Sita Ram, the washerman's son, passed by. Sita Ram was on his delivery round. He had a bundle of freshly pressed clothes balanced on his head. Don't raise such dust, he called out to Natu. Are you annoyed because they are still refusing to pay you another five rupees a month? I don't want to talk about it, complained the sweeper boy. I haven't even received my regular pay. Soon, two months pay will be due. Who would think this was a bank holding up a poor man's salary? As soon as I get my money, I'm off. Not another week will I work in this place. And Natu banged the pan against the dustbin several times. Well, I wish you luck, said Sitaram. I'll be on the lookout for a new job for you. And he plodded barefoot along the road, the big bundle of clothes hiding most of his head and shoulders. At the fourth home he visited, delivering the washing, Sitaram overheard the woman of the house saying how difficult it was to get someone to sweep the courtyard. Tying his bundle, Sitaram said, I know of a sweeper boy who's looking for work. He might be able to work for you from next month. He is with Seth Govindram's bank just now. But they aren't giving him his pay and he wants to leave. Oh, is that so? said Mrs. Prakash. And why aren't they paying him? They must be short of money, said Sitaram with a shrug. Mrs. Prakash laughed. Well, tell him to come and see me when he is free. The Boy Who Broke the Bank Continued Part 3 He dialed Seth Govindram's number. The Seth was not at home. Where was he then? The Seth was holidaying in Kashmir. Oh, was that so? The elderly gentleman did not believe it. He hurried back to the barber's shop and told Faiz Hussain, The bird has flown. Said Govindram has left town. Definitely it means a collapse. I'll have the rest of my hair cut another time. And then he dashed out of the shop, making a beeline for his office and checkbook. The news spread through the bazaar with the rapidity of a forest fire. From the general store, it travelled to the tea shop, 
circulated amongst the customers and then spread with them in various directions to the pan seller, the tailor, the fruit vendor, the jeweller and the beggar sitting on the pavement. Men stood in groups at street corners discussing the situation. The small town in the foothills seldom had a crisis and never had floods, earthquakes or drought. And so the imminent crash of the local bank set everyone talking and speculating and rushing about in a frenzy. Some boasted of their far-sightedness, congratulating themselves on having already taken out their money or on never having put any in. Others speculated on the reasons for the crash, putting it all down to Seth Govindram's pleasure-loving ways. The Seth had fled the state, said one. He had fled the country, said another. Others insisted that he was hiding somewhere in town. Someone who had a relative working as a clerk in the bank decided to call him and get the facts. I don't know anything about it, said the clerk, except that half the town is here trying to take their money out. Everyone seems to have gone mad. There's a rumour that none of you has been paid. Well, the clerks have had their salaries. We wouldn't be working otherwise. It may be that some of the part-time workers are getting paid late. But that isn't due to a shortage of money. It's just that the clerk who looks after their payments is on sick leave. You don't expect me to do his work, do you? And he put the telephone down.